1: It is the middle of January, and it's all about uh, being out on the ice and catching fish. And Steve Carney joins us dot stevecarneyoutdoors.com. Steve, oh, how you been?
2: Uh, fabulous, Steve. How's your day?
1: Yeah, good. Hanging in there. Bright sunny day here in the cities. And looks like we're going to get some cloud cover moving in. Another a little shot of light snow tomorrow. Uh, but here we are in the middle of January. How are things out on the
2: ice? Well, Steve, I just got back from uh, Big Stone Lake over in Ortonville on the South Dakota-Minnesota border, and it was pretty tough, and I really don't know why. I have no excuse. I have no excuse. The weather was perfect. High pressure was in. I mean, everything was lined up to be a pretty good couple of days, but it was slow, and that lake can be like that. It's really a tremendous destination. I mean, last year, it was just lights out last year just fabulous fishing, but the trouble with perch on Big Stone is they can be very finicky, and, and that, that fish can be, it makes you pull your hair out. They just can be, you know, they'll come in, they'll look, they'll look, and they'll leave, or they'll take your bait in, spit it out quick, and they're just very touchy. So we didn't do very well on the perch, uh, zero on the walleyes, but we did get some amazing bluegills, and that's what's kind of happening on Big Stone Lake. It is developing into a tremendous pan fishing destination. Um, I had one that was 12 inches, which is huge for a bluegill, and the crappies are nice. It just they they started showing up about three four years ago, and they never used to be in there. But it's now developed into a great crappie and bluegill fishery. And the ice was good; we could get around, you know, wherever we needed to go. And it was just kind of one of those days that just. It just wasn't happening, and we moved a lot, drilled a lot of holes, and, you know, did the best we could, but, you know, that's the way it is, and it's kind of interesting because when I came back the second day, I went down to a lake close to where I live in Lakes Country, and I had a bite going there for four weeks, and they have been in the same area, and I went in there the afternoon, and they were gone, so something tells me that there was something going on in the atmosphere or the pressure or something that shut down both of these lakes so you know it is what it is i just uh you know haven't quite figured it out but that's fishing
1: all right steve uh there are areas that have seen even more snow are we at the point in winter now where the ice conditions are what they're going to be for the remainder of the season
2: yeah it's pretty tough steve overall um there's some lakes, you know, through Lakes Country, northern Minnesota, that there are some plowed roads by resorts. But, boy, freelancing out there, and which I've been doing in a snowmobile only, I mean, ATVs, forget it. Side-by-sides, forget it. It's strictly snowmobile. And, you know, we've had slush issues for the last two or three weeks. And, you know, what's weird is we get, you know, 20 below like this morning and it freezes that slush and then tomorrow it's supposed to be in the 30s and that's going to bring the slush back again. So it's been kind of an um, ongoing thing coming and going. So the the important thing is you have a wingman with you. You really don't want to be running around on these lakes, you know, by yourself because you can easily get stuck. And if you get stuck in slush, you're going to be there for a while. So a lot of it is, you know, this whole winter has been, you know, a transportation issue on trying to get to where you want to go. And, you know, driving on the lakes, um, not a lot of people are doing that. It's just you're kind of stuck with a snowmobile. So that's the way it's going to be, I think, for the duration, you know, until March. And, you know, we've had so much snow. It's just incredible. We're getting 14 inches, then we get eight, then we get six, and that, you know, just complicates things. And uh, that's the way it's been in northern Minnesota, northwestern Minnesota, and you know, and down far west, you know, down by that big stone area, they just got eight, nine inches. So it does complicate things. You just have to be, um, use a little ingenuity to get to where you want to go. But again, you've got to be very safe, and snowmobile really is the only way to go.
1: Yeah, and uh, Steve, it's getting to the point where, you know, it goes quick now. Um, you better make your plans and better get out there because. Here we are a couple of weeks from the end of the month already, and uh, February is a short month, and that there there isn't a lot of time left. And this is fishing season; it's crazy.
2: Yeah, there's probably six weeks left or yep. so, but you know, fishing has been really good, Steve. This has been probably one of the best winter seasons I've ever had uh, for crappies and walleyes, and that's why it's been kind of frustrating because fishing has been so good, but the transportation part's been so difficult. So everybody's kind of running into the same thing. You want to get to your certain spots, but some you can't get to, so you fish secondary spots. But it really has been a good season. It's just, you know, all about accessing where you want to go.
1: Steve Carney joining us, is Steve, are you going to make a trip out to the border waters again anytime soon, or is that it?
2: You know, that's a tough one, Steve. I'm going to have to think about that a little bit. You know, sometimes, you know, you hit a bad period or you hit, you know, perch uh, on Big Stone and Traverse and those lakes, they really cycle where they'll be small for maybe a year or two and then all of a sudden you got jumbos moving in and a lot of it depends on fishing pressure and food and habitat and it just, it's really hard to predict how it's going to be, but um... yeah it was a tough time on big stone but it's such a great lake um, and i'm up on the upper one-third of the lake too so i'm up there where there's no people very private there's no plowed roads and very quiet and that's really a key on that lake is you got to get away from the traffic the ATVs, the vehicles the plowed roads because that lake is very shallow you know eight to ten feet of water so you've got to get away you know from the traffic and that's really kind of the key so I'm not totally disappointed. I'm a little bummed out about it, but, um, you know, maybe get back one more time and just, uh, you know, keep at it.
1: And, uh, Steve, I know that's a go-to spot for you uh, early in the open water season. I know uh, we've talked for years, and you you really like that spot early in the season.
2: Oh yeah, it's um, it's a wonderful destination in April and May and it's usually yep. you can get 3-4 weeks of fishing in there before the Minnesota inland opener um doesn't get a lot of pressure early in the spring but yeah, it is one of the fine destinations early in the year and I'm really looking forward to that and that's that could be like 90 days away. It's it's not that <laughs> far away and you know the Missouri River could be opening up next month and you know that's on the agenda so Trying to get the boat, you know, the new boat rigged, and, you know, there's all kinds of supply chain problems for people out there buying boats and outboards and electronics and, you know, dealing with that. So that's a whole other issue, but um, I think we're going to end up having these same problems through the spring. So um, it's going to be an adventure, Steve, a big adventure.
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy how that goes. seems like I just put the old pontoon into storage. I still don't have a bill for the winterizing in the storage, and. I was thinking I might call the dealer today and say, hey, uh, are you going to bill me for that? And I thought, no, I'll, I'll wait another week.
2: And, and... He might have a real surprise <laughs> for you. Maybe he's waiting <laughs> to kind of ramp it up a little bit and get you uh, at the last minute when you pick it up. So you never know.
1: Well, I, I was having a little trouble with the front uh, the front uh, lights, the, the red and the green, so I had them swapped out for LEDs, so maybe he's going to spring a big bill. Uh, for throwing some new lights on the thing for me. Uh, Like I say, it's old, so it needs work, and I'm gradually replacing this and that. Well, Steve, uh, always good to visit with you. Look forward to our chat again in a week.
2: Hey, sounds good, Steve. Have a great rest of your weekend.
1: All right, there he is, Steve Carney, stevecarneyoutdoors.com, keeping us up to date out. uh, The big stone uh, bite wasn't quite what he had hoped, but, uh, you know, Steve's going to get right back on the fish, and, and we'll hear about it next Saturday. Quick break, we're going to come back. High school girls hockey, we're going to go to Rogers after the break. And then at 4.30 today, we'll talk football. Chris Thomas Covers the Purple for the Pioneer Press. There's a lot to do. A general manager, a head coach, filling out a coaching staff. Uh, where does the search stand? Will they go general manager? And then the general manager will help select the coach. There's a lot of rumors flying. We'll get into all of that. With Chris from the Pioneer Press at four thirty-five, right here. A news talk, E three O W wcco Wild got a big win last night. They finally played a game. They beat the Ducks in St. Paul, the final seven to three last night. They they jumped out to a, a big lead and actually seven to four. Uh seven to three last night. Seven to three last night. Over the Ducks, I I lost track. the The Wild were up three to one, and then I did something else, and I came back, and it was like six to one. So, uh, the Wild get it done. Uh, the Timberwolves are They get back at it tomorrow night. Uh, Golden State uh, will be in town. Our coverage begins at six thirty. Tip seven o'clock. Then I'll be in after the game uh, tomorrow night. Uh, here on the home of the Timberwolves News Talk, 830-WCC. And all of a sudden, the Timberwolves need a victory. They've dropped a couple games on the road. Once again, Wild beat the Ducks 7-3 to last night. Uh, speaking of hockey, high school girls hockey, Rogers having an outstanding season. And Emily Ockerkirk joins us, uh, head coach. Emily, good to visit with you, and congrats on a great start.
3: Yes, thank you.
1: Yeah, 13-4-2. Coming into the year, did you feel like you had a pretty good team?
3: Yeah, definitely. I was lucky enough to be able to run STP last summer and really get a good glimpse of all the talent and hard work that we have on our team. So definitely came into the season with high expectations. Yeah, and...
1: Great building in Rogers and, and a growing program. The youth are really excited. Uh, girls hockey and boys hockey, it, it, it really is booming in Rogers.
3: Yeah, it is big time. I think we have four U10 teams right now. And I mean, we are co ops with the NOCA on the youth girls side, but it's really promising to see the youth program going growing so much.
1: Yeah, and, and that really is important to get the kids excited about it, because you know, boom, they're in, they're in middle school. Next thing you know, they're in high school and and trying out for the high school team. So, getting the kids is excited, but you know, win, winning also helps, and and your team's been doing a lot of that this year.
3: Yes, true. That
1: definitely does help. Yeah, and let, let, let's talk about this squad. You've got uh, you got some definite. Elite goal scoring look at looking at some of the stats you've you got a couple of players that can really put the puck in the that
3: yeah, we do, we do. We are very confident in our first two lines being able to put the puck away. Those six forwards are extremely talented, and on top of that work hard day in and day out.
1: Yeah and you know behind the top two goal scorers Avery Farrell and McKenna Sandberg there's a lot of balance and and that that's got to be nice as a coach to know that you know you're going to get scoring from from a couple of lines.
3: Yeah definitely. I think that's a huge part of our game. A lot of teams are lucky to have you know a really good first line and then don't always necessarily have another line behind them to back them up. So it's nice for us to be able to have a line out against what the other team's top line and then follow that up with just as much scoring ability and um I think that gives us an edge
1: what about the blue line who stands out uh for Rogers defensively this year
3: I think one of our our big defenders is Leah Hatcher she's a senior captain and she really can quarterback the play and her D zone play and grit and positioning are all really top tier. And I think that is a big help to not only our defensive play, but her quarterbacking adds to our f- offensive play.
1: Yeah. and makes everybody feel comfortable. The, 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 the great, uh, Players on defense make it look easy, and I would assume that's the assumption there. And then goaltending. It looks like you've been getting really good goaltending this year.
3: Oh, yeah, definitely. Goaltending is definitely a strength of ours. We have two junior goaltenders who we can trust in any game that we play. So it's a really special situation to have not just you know one really solid goaltender, but two.
1: Yeah, Lauren Larson, save percentage, 948. Alexa Backman, 944. That's really good.
3: Yeah, it is. It's very exciting, and I think how great they are at goaltending gives us even more edge on the offense because we can trust in them so much. We can take a couple extra chances.
1: Yeah, and I I look at – the. The, the schedule your team's played. North was suburban. Number one, you think Andover. Number two, you think Maple Grove is being elite teams. But, you know, you, you look earlier, early December, um, you went up to Andover and fought them to a 3-2. Now, now you lost. But uh, that's a that pretty good performance against an excellent team like Andover.
3: Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think that was, You know, one of two games that really proved to us how good of a team we can be. You know, these girls have been playing Andover their whole lives and have always seen them as, oh, it's Andover. It's this big game. And I think by them playing them so tight – and, yes, we lost, but I think that's one of those almost morale wins in that it showed us we can – compete and be there right with the top teams
1: in the state well and, and Rodgers can certainly be a factor because not long before that you played Edina oh by the way Andover and Edina have met for the last two eight titles Andover winning one a couple of years ago Edina winning the last so you know they're the teams to beat year in and year out, and you played them both three, two, so it had to be a huge lift. And, oh, by the way, Maple Grove, another outstanding program, and you played them very tough as well.
3: Yeah, those those three games really stand out as showing us we are right there with the top contenders.
1: Yeah, I, one of the things I I know about girls hockey is that the season goes really quick because uh, by early february you're jumping into section play look at the schedule there's only six to go in the regular season i suppose you can't believe it the girls can't believe it that you know it's almost you know one and done time with section playoffs
3: yeah it's coming up really fast definitely um we i didn't expect it to go this fast honestly we are about halfway through the season, and I was like, "Oh, we still have half the season yeah. to go." And now it's down to, like you said, what the last six games. It's really time to hone in on on all the little things that make our game great.
1: Now, now, what what, what section do you play out of? Are you in the same section as Maple Grove?
3: Yep. Yeah, we're in five double A.
1: All right. So, so a, a super tough section, but but nevertheless you alluded to the confidence, and this group has to be super confident playing out the rest of the season and going into the section playoffs that, you know, you have a legit chance to get to state this year.
3: Yeah, I think we're really starting to feel that confidence. Um, You know, coming out of winter break, it was not the best hockey we put on the ice, but in these last couple games, we've really worked to be better and get back to, like, our Royals hockey game. And, yeah, we're starting to feel really confident going into section.
1: Well, Emily, good to visit with you, and congrats on on a terrific season for Rogers Girls Hockey and certainly going to be a factor come playoff time because, like I say, you've played the best in the state and been right there with them. So it's uh, certainly fun to see. Have a good evening.
3: Thank you. You too.
1: Emily Actor kirk head coach up at Rogers, and uh, Rogers really getting it done this year. It's been impressive. 13-4-2 And Tuesday. uh, They host Osseo Park Center. And like I say, six to go in the regular season girls section playoffs. And then by the end of February, it'll be uh, the state tournament uh, for 2A and 1A at the XL Energy Center in St. Paul. It is 429. We'll take a break. We'll have an update on the weather. It looks like a little snow could come in overnight, early Sunday. And then we'll talk Viking football. Chris Thomason from the Pioneer Press, the general manager search, head coach search, a lot on the table for the purple. We'll get into all of that coming up here on News Talk. e 3 C C O. The NFL playoffs are underway. Cincinnati and leading the Las Vegas Raiders along the Ohio River. And the Raiders got a field goal, 47-yarder from former Viking Daniel Carlson. Cincinnati has taken the lead since then. And, and we'll talk more about the scoreboard and the schedule in the NFL playoffs. By the way, 13-6 to six right now, late second quarter in Cincinnati. But the Vikings, they have a lot to do. They didn't make the playoffs. Mike Zimmer's out the door. Rick Spielman's out the door. Who will be the new general manager? Who will be the new head coach? Chris Thomason joins us from the Pioneer Press online at TwinCities.com. Chris, how are you?
4: Hey, doing well. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, good to visit with you. A lot going on, a lot of rumors to keep track of. We do know this, that uh, the Vikings uh, have requested uh, the permission to interview some assistant coaches.
4: Yeah, they put in requests today right before the start of the playoffs. With uh, coaches on seven playoff teams, Nathaniel Hackett, obviously the Green Bay offensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, former uh, Falcons head coach Todd Bowles, former Jets head coach Jonathan Gannon, former uh, Vikings uh, assistant are some of those names. Uh, basically, they just wanted to get those the, get the requests in because they don't know how long. These teams are going to linger in the playoffs, and obviously there's teams that that didn't make the playoffs that they can request and talk to the folks anytime, and then you have some guys like Doug Peterson who are not currently in the NFL, so this is just kind of a an early working list, and uh, I wouldn't read too much into it at this particular point.
1: And, Chris, do you get the sense that they're going to hire a general manager first and then that general manager would have input on who the head coach is?
4: Yeah, most definitely. Mark Wilf said that uh, that was the plan. He said that last Monday, hire the general manager first, then the coach. So they'll be doing general manager interviews this week and then probably you know, doing them by Zoom to start and then probably – bringing some candidates maybe in the following week, so maybe try to name a general manager within the range of around two weeks or so and then, you know, get get hopping on the uh, head coaching situation. I mean, could be a case of uh, they go for one of the assistants who's in the Super Bowl and then maybe the head coach isn't named until after the Super Bowl. We'll just have to see how things unfold.
1: And, Chris, in a situation like this, you've been around. Uh, as a beat writer, you've got to keep your head on a swivel right now because until that general manager is named and that head coach is named, you know, there, there's a lot of potential breaking news and names are going to float. So uh, I, I suppose this is where you really have to crank it up. Even though this season is over, keeping an eye on this is, is a big deal. Well, we're really not going to know a lot
4: regarding the coach until the general manager is named, because it's so important that the general manager and the head coach be on the same page, be working in concert. I mean, say what you, you know, Spielman and Zimmer, I mean, there were plenty of rumblings about they weren't always on the same page and obviously Spielman hired Zimmer. So it wasn't like he inherited it as him, but, uh, you, you gotta make sure those guys are working together. And so after we know who the general manager is, or when it's down to maybe a couple candidates for the general manager, we'll be able to look and kind of see all the coaches that they've worked with. And then it gets down to the nitty gritty because, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, well, they'll be talking to the general manager and if the general manager says, well, you name me and I can deliver this guy as coach. And it's a guy on the Vikings list and the guy they really want. I mean, who knows? Maybe they come in as a package deal.
1: Chris Thomas joining us from the pioneer press online at TwinCities.com. Been on the beat uh, for a while now. And certainly a big story. It, it's, Interesting, though, in these situations, especially with, with a high-profile team like the Minnesota Vikings. They're the number one sports franchise in this market. There's no question about that. We love the Twins and the Wild and the Timberwolves and all of that. But the Vikings garner the most interest. There's no doubt about that. And people do want to know, really, what was the behind-the-scenes between Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer and ultimately their star quarterback, Kirk Cousins. And we're going to probably hear more and more stories about that. You you alluded to, you know, was there a rift between Spielman and Zimmer? How well did Zimmer get along with the starting quarterback? We'll, we'll probably hear more of those stories going forward.
4: Yeah, definitely. I saw somebody tweeted out a podcast that Dion Sanders was on right. uh, in the last day or two, and I listened to that, and... Dion said he spoke to Mike Zimmer and Zimmer said that he hadn't talked to Spielman in months, which could be an exaggeration. I can't imagine they didn't (laughs) speak in months. Uh, You know, they didn't walk by each other in the hallway or anything, but uh, I mean, who knows? Uh, Yeah. More is probably going to come out and and that sort of stuff uh, when maybe some of these, uh, Spielman and Zimmer are talking to people behind the scenes and stuff starts getting out. But, yeah, it it was evident that uh, in the latter portion of this last season, you know, perhaps they weren't on the same page. But, I mean, that's what happens when a team underachieves and that sort of thing. I mean, both guys probably were uh, looking out for their own jobs. So that probably – added to the situation
1: there is a sense though and you kind of read the tea leaves and stories that you know mike zimmer wants to coach there'll be a spot for him as soon as next season you know as an assistant somewhere uh if you will
4: yeah um i think that's certainly a possibility i mean wade phillips uh came in former head coach and banged around after being a head coach and had success as a defensive coordinator. I mean, I think it's going to be hard. And Pat- and Patrick Peterson echoed this speaking on his podcast this week. I think it's going to be hard for Zimmer to uh, land another head position being 65 years old. And he even admitted when uh, he has got his extension, he said, well, he wanted three years because, hey, I'm getting up there in years, and uh, who knows if there'll be opportunities for other teams. That's one reason why he wanted to stay in uh, Minnesota and get as lengthy of an extension as he could. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, nobody really knows what he wants to do. Obvious whether his ego will allow him to uh, step down and just be a defensive coordinator. Again, I mean, we'll have to see who gets some of these head positions and if any of them are Zimmer's
1: that he wants to work for yeah Chris Thomas joining us back to the general manager um, are, are there any candidates because generally these general manager candidates aren't household names like top assistants are in the NFL anybody pays attention to football some of these coordinators get a lot of television coverage and a lot of attention during any given game but the, the general manager candidates aren't as well known
4: No, they're, they're definitely
1: not. I mean, I'll be honest, when some of these
4: names surface, it's like, okay, I better, I better Google them. But (laughs) a guy like Brandon Brown, Philadelphia people have known about, he's, uh, certainly well respected. The guys in Cleveland they're talking about, including Glenn Cook, he's quite well, uh, respected. And obviously they can talk to Kevin Stefanski, who the Wilf family and others in the organization knows and trust to get the lowdown on some of these guys. So I'm sure uh, they'll be talking to people that are close to some of these candidates that they trust and that will uh, help them uh, moving forward during the process.
1: And and with this, you, you've got Mark and Mark Wolf and and Ziggy Wolf and, and Leonard Wolf, the owners of the team and, Obviously, they've been willing to spend money, and uh, they got U.S. Bank Stadium built with with a lot of taxpayer help. They've got TCO Performance Center out in Egan. I mean, they have put the resources forth. Uh, The Minnesota Vikings have a terrific fan base, terrific fan support. Uh, There's a history with this franchise. It's got to be an appealing job for a general manager and then beyond that a head coach because there is certainly committed ownership.
4: Yeah, they've definitely put a lot of money into the Vikings, put a lot of money into uh, signing Kirk Cousins and and that sort of thing. Obviously the uh, pandemic, though, uh, hasn't uh, helped the bottom line. I think we're going to know a little bit more about how they plan to spend when we see what happens with the coach and the general manager openings, especially the, uh, coaching openings. I mean, do they hire Doug Peterson who's going to want eight to 10 million a year when they're already paying Mike Zimmer a, a bunch of money, or are they going to go for a, uh, an assistant type where, uh, they will have to, won't have will have to pay him as much. So I think we'll know a little bit more on uh, their spending thoughts moving forward when we see what kind of money they spend on the next head coach, for instance.
1: Yeah, and uh, Chris, before we let you go, I want to get a thought on a piece you did, and that is, number one, what do you do with Kirk Cousins and his contract, and then beyond that, the draft. Depending on what the decision is with Cousins, um, could that first-round pick Number 12, I believe your story said. Um, could it be a quarterback or the quarterback of the future?
4: Yeah, I mean, obviously we don't know who the general manager yep. the coach will be. But, uh, yeah, it's certainly very possible, as I wrote today, was the number 12 pick in the draft could be a quarterback, which would be the highest the Vikings have taken a quarterback since. Number 12 in 2011, Christian Ponder. So, in a way, maybe they'd get a little do-over with that. But uh, yeah, the the bottom, I mean, unless if Kirk Cousins is gone, you're going to want to bring in some kind of veteran, but I, who knows if a long-term type veteran guy is going to land in your lap, probably not. So you want to protect yourself by moving forward with a quarterback you draft. And if Kirk Cousins is entering the final year of his contract and doesn't sign an extension, then it's the same scenario and it doesn't seem at this point as if Kellen Mond is really the answer moving forward. I was talking to some draft analysts, and they said if Mond was coming out this year, even though this isn't a great quarterback draft class, at least one draft analyst said the guys in the first round this year are well ahead of where Mond would be if he were coming out. So, yeah, I think uh if you got a shot at number 12, to take a quarterback i mean i don't know what's gonna happen with cousins and the GM and the coach but it seems to be a reasonable chance they'll take one
1: well chris always good to visit with you and i i would assume your book is still available
4: uh yeah just uh Google chris thomason amazon and uh the minnesota vikings all-time all-stars yeah it's uh be available for a while so uh yeah thanks for uh
1: dimension yeah the minnesota vikings all-time all-stars uh chris thomason's book uh available wherever you buy books including amazon uh chris always good to visit with you thanks for the update
4: thank you great talking
1: right. to you, steve there he is chris thomason uh, the pioneer press online at twincities.com so they put in requests but uh as he alluded to general manager first it's the only way to go Get a general manager you're comfortable with. Get a strategy going forward. And then find a head coach that that fits in with the general manager. And then, of course, job one, Kirk Cousins, the huge salary cap hit. Do you go in another direction in the short term? Do you draft a quarterback? There's a lot for the Vikings to do as uh, they uh, begin moving toward a new era uh, beyond Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer. Quick break. We'll come back with more uh, here on a sports Saturday, We'll have a rundown of the NFL schedule. By the way, Cincinnati pulling away from the Raiders. Bengals lead at 20-6 to 6 late second quarter. When we come back, that game will be at the half. We'll preview all the other games in a moment here on News Talk. E3O WCCO. NFL playoffs underway. Sands-Vikings. Cincinnati fell behind early. Daniel Carlson, a 47-yarder. But the Bengals now have a 20-6 to six lead seconds before halftime. Now the Raiders do have the ball, but uh, Cincinnati looking pretty good. Joe Burrow, good first half, 146 yards passing, two touchdowns in the game today. Uh, he is a real deal, a battle of 10 and 7 teams. Tonight, Patriots and Bills from Buffalo. Bills favored by five at home. If I'm the Bills, though, for the third time this year, I don't want Bill Belichick. I don't want New England. Bills should win. They're more talented. But would it surprise you if the Patriots pulled the upset? It would not surprise me. I wouldn't lay down any money on this game because of that factor. And the Bills are favored only by five at home. And even though they're 11-6 and six and the Patriots are 10-7, and seven, I I certainly like... Uh, the Bills' talent overall more than the Patriots. Uh, then tomorrow, uh, the noon game: Tampa Bay hosting Philly in the NFC. Uh, the Bucks favored by eight and a half. I think they win and cover easily in that game. I give the Eagles no shot tomorrow on the road against uh, Brady and the Bucks in Tampa. Uh, the three thirty game in the NFC playoffs: San Francisco. At Dallas, Cowboys favored by three. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if the 49ers win that game straight up. And late in the game, I'll be screaming at the TV, show Jerry Jones, show Jerry Jones. I love it when Jerry Jones gets beat. Not sure why, but um, I think San Francisco is going to win at Dallas. I I do. Uh, The Sunday night game, AFC. Pittsburgh, 9-7-1, they've looked terrible at times this season. Terrible. Ben Roethlisberger, way over the hill, and still Mike Tomlin got this team into the playoffs. They're in Kansas City on a Sunday night. Kansas City favored by 12 and a half. I believe Kansas City will win the game. I'm not sure they'll win in cover. And then the Monday night game, we've got Monday night wild card football. Ah, TV. TV money. Wild card game on Monday night. Arizona in L.A. to play the Rams at SoFi. The Rams favored by four. I think the Rams get it done. Uh, for whatever reason, the Cardinals at 11-6, and six, I think they peaked much earlier in the season. Well, there you have it. That's wild card weekend in the NFL. We've got to run to a break. Much more coming up. Doe Young Park covers the Twins for MLB.com, but we're going to talk about his appearance on Jeopardy in December. That follows the news and weather at 5 here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O.